made. Hello, friends. It's that time. We're back at it. Time to find your balls. I'm Jeff Stuckey. I am in the shotgun position. Rightly so. Greg Allen, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, Jeff. Uh, Is that true? Or are you great? No. That's that's kind of a bold claim. Right. Okay. It's I'm I'm claiming that. I'm I'm wanting to be that. What are you a there, name it claim it guy? And that sounded bad when I said it. Yeah. Okay. But no, there's junk going on in life, but I want to I want to be above it. You know, it's things that's like, okay, I can't solve that right now. So I'm gonna set it over here and then I'm having a great time with you. That, oh, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was better. I'm not ignoring that it. Name it, claim it shit was about to. I, I know, gonna, I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was Fuck bad. out of here. Uh, anyway, uh, so we're getting ready to celebrate the 4th of July as the Supreme Court decided that we shouldn't have abortion anymore. As the guy with the hands, my hands on the wheel. Yeah, yeah. I didn't agree to open up these highly controversial. Topics. Well, I just felt like it was it was an interesting juxtaposition that um, I don't know. You got any? You're you're are you a big pro lifer? I would imagine. I'm I'm pro rhetoric. Like, let's talk about this. You know, I mean, the the best example I saw in the newspaper they showed a, two people from different camps sitting on the sidewalk in a midst of a bunch of protests talking about the issue. It's like, that's where it's going to get solved. You know, I, I, mean, I don't I, think so. Not when the Supreme court says it's illegal. seems like that one's a pretty big fucking Trump card right there. But uh, I guess they didn't technically say that they gave they the power did. to the States, yeah, but they just say it's not a right. They didn't say it's illegal. Well, okay. Am I splitting hairs? I don't mean to. Well, I just think here's, so I'll rant. Can I rant? All right, go ahead. What percentage of people that are pro-life would you say are pro-death penalty? Just guess. Oh, I mean, you can just... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I only have a feel. No. You know what? It, I, I think where you're going with it is it's probably a high percent. Yes. Which which kind of... And this is even just... This this is just kind of a... I'm just bitchy about yeah, this. Yeah. But it's like, they're the single most biased thing in our society is on large, the criminal justice system, but the application of the death penalty is like, it, it's, it's horribly biased. And yet pro-lifers are all about like killing what would statistically say a lot of innocent people, but I don't, that one's not even for, but if you were truly pro-life and not just anti-abortion, wouldn't a pro-lifer go to somebody who is about to have an abortion and say, I want that child mm -hmm. and I will, there will be no expense to you. You can move in my fucking house if you want during your nine months of pregnancy, prenatal care, everything is 100% on me. At the end of the pregnancy, you can choose to say goodbye and never see us again. You can choose to be a part of the child's life, whatever you want, but I am pro-life and that's how committed I am to that child having a quality life. Absolutely. It, I, I just, there is some interesting data that Stephen Lovitz came across and the number one correlation to violent crime is not having access to abortion because a person that has a baby that doesn't want them, and this is where I, this is where I think this is so, horrible like 
Have you ever grown up unwanted? No. Like from infancy, like, yeah. and, and you know the sensitivity of a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. And it's like your first experience in existence is being unwanted. And that correlation to violent crime is strong. Now, I don't know that, I'm not saying that abortion is the solution to that, but it's like, we ought to be fucking aware of that, among with 10,000 other things that I would say on behalf of women that I don't want to speak for them. They would, because I'm not a woman, so I'm not going to articulate what they could articulate better than me. But it just is like, fuck. And I guess I've, you know, as a therapist, I have been confronted with circumstances where oftentimes women have asked me, like, can I get an abortion? And it's like, God damn, that's really above my pay grade. Um, And I don't, I mean, it's, it's delicate, but the thing that I, that I could say is I get it. Yeah. I get, I get where you're coming from. And I just can't make that choice for you for obvious reasons because I'm not the one affected by the consequences. The only thing that I can tell you is I am 100% committed to you supporting you in whatever choice you make. Absolutely. Yeah. And so at least we can say we agree on this and it'll be our man-made stance. Okay. (laughs) Maybe. This is what we'll see how you do here. Yeah. (laughs) Just one aspect is that we hold no judgment for anyone, we we can't unless we're walking in their shoes and have their set of options. Born into their circumstances right. with the resources that they've right. absolutely, there okay. is yeah. no judgment. Okay, all right. So we landed that. If it's you don't pretty mind. good. Yeah, yeah. one bad. <laughs> I mean, so, I could go for days know, on this one, I'm but trying to cut you off. Yeah, I feel that. So okay, all right. Here we go. What are we doing today? Well, today I thought we'd um, entertain some of the questions we've been getting. Um, because they seem pretty important to moving along uh, in being man-made or even understanding where we're coming from. Okay. So I thought I'd give you some questions from uh, real people. Some real people. <laughs> yes. And um, and you just show us how you would uh, attack those. Cool. Um, yeah, the first one, and I won't give names here because I don't really have permission <laughs> to That's be cool. saying. Uh, the first one had to do with a, a gentleman that was uh, I'll say complaining that it, he felt like his wife was talking down to him. It, he doesn't didn't feel like they were having a conversation, but rather she was uh, scolding him or giving him direction or things like that as though he didn't have a voice in the conversation. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's guys that solve that, but I don't think they do it well. Right. <laughs> so I just, we want to know what, what well, you I think. Well, I think the, the most common solutions are, fuck you or you're right. I'm sorry. I'll try harder, which ain't fucking sexy at all. Um, but anyway, go ahead. What, what is his, what is his quagmire? Yeah. So he's been doing the one where it's like, Oh, okay. I'll handle that. You know, it's okay. Sorry. I did that kind of thing. And the first thing I told him to do, quit saying you're sorry about that, you know, sort it out. Um, but just the, the pushback is so difficult you know, to say, why are you talking to me that way? Um, So, I mean, how do you handle that conversation? Yeah, this is something where I think men generally, we just need a little bit more 
relational competence, uh, if you will, and understand what is going on in the relationship first. And there, there's a concept by a researcher by the name of John Gottman, and he says that the most significant predictor of a healthy relationship is when two people turn towards each other, not away from each other. And so when you think about that, how do I, what does that mean to turn towards is, is to stay engaged in a constructive way. And, and I think, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Oftentimes for us as men, we take our partner's mood or state of being personally and assume that if she's frustrated, she's frustrated with me. If she's whatever it is, it's so, so the first step is we just need to understand that they're a person too. And their in their mood is independent of us. And we have to man up a little bit and not take it personally. Okay. Now, having said that, sometimes it's going to feel personal and turning towards is both of us staying engaged right now saying, I'm sorry, honey, you're right. That may sound like turning towards, but that's really not, that's really tapping out. Right. Because I'm not dealing honestly with what I'm feeling. And Obviously, if I say, fuck you, I'm not doing that. You're not going to talk to me this way. I'm not going to be treated like that. Then, I mean, that's the same sort of thing. You know, it's it's the finite game, one winner, one loser, game over. So, so turning towards is staying engaged in a constructive way. And being able to say how that makes me feel in in a constructive way. Yeah. When you ask me that way, it feels like you're telling me. And when you, when it feels like you're telling me, I, I get really resentful towards you. And I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that you're intending to make me feel this way, mm -hmm. right? Which is an important distinction because oftentimes we'll go there to where it's just like, well, you know, you're, you're intending to treat me this way. And it'd be like, no, maybe one of 7 million other things is affecting her. And she has the right to be affected by other things. And just like us, you know, we're prone to taking work home with us or those kinds of things and being distracted by other things and not being totally present. So she gets that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So she can't be the barometer of the health of the relationship. It's, it's, you know, okay. She's just, Something is affecting her. And so whenever I make that distinction, then I can also turn towards her even more. Is there something you need from me that you're not getting? Yeah. Because I don't want, and, and this is where men really need to do some work is we need to carry our share of turning towards staying engaged, staying in, in being vulnerable and honest about that feels shitty when you, when you talk to me that way, 
however way we want to communicate that. But then we also want to attend to her. Like, are, are you okay? Like, yeah, yeah. is there something bothering you? And, and I would encourage you guys, if you have this conversation, try to adopt some kind of language like that. Like when you ask something of me, I really want to turn towards you. I want to go to you. And when we do it this way, it, I don't want to come towards you. So can we talk about a different way that we could do this so that I, you can come towards me, but I, I can also come towards you. And so it's really tending to that communication issue. But, but again, as men, we've got to increase our relational competency, right? We have to understand a relationship and we've got to be able to act independent of our spouse rather than constantly reacting to yeah, her. Yeah. Now, what about if the <clears throat> spouse is not interested in carrying on that toward each other conversation. Like, you know, if you say this is not working for me, whatever word you use, and then they, they don't want to continue. It's like, okay, well, that's your problem. Well, then you have a bigger issue, which is, you know, the issue of contempt, where if, if my partner feels contempt for me, right? Because if I, if I say to my partner, like, hey, everything that we just discussed, 99 people out of a hundred are going to respond positively to that. Right. If, if I, if I manage my side, well, the vast majority of the time they're, but now she is responsible, right? So both of us are responsible for turning towards each other and she's choosing to turn away, which she, that, that is possible. You now have bigger problems you have a much bigger relational problem. Okay, it wasn't that that particular comment or that series. It, it's a way bigger. You as a person are now choosing to turn away from me when I'm trying to create and foster connection. It I I then have to have an awareness of that. And that's where as as a guy, I need to be able to set a boundary and say we've got a bigger problem that we need to deal with before I can do your to-do list. Yeah. I want to I want to get to a place where I, I can do this without resenting you. And you can genuinely appreciate that I did it for you rather than thinking, well, yeah, you should have done it or you should have done it sooner or you should have done it better or any of any of those kinds of things. It's like we've got a bigger problem. And when when you're ready to talk about that bigger problem, then I do want to get to your to do list. But that's as guys, we just don't fucking, we're just like, no, man, where's the goddamn exit, man? Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. I'm not going to stay in that conversation that long. Yeah. It's like you, you've got to. Yeah. And, yeah. and if it's a new behavior, right. If you're, if you're kind of disrupting the homeostasis of the relationship, she, she may be a little bit resistant to that, but that's where you, you're responsible for you and you can make the choice to continue to turn towards and if she's turning away from me and I set a boundary, I'm just saying I'm not really I'm not willing to move from this space until we're ready to turn towards each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, that's great. And you actually <clears throat> touched on something else about the feeling part. So most of us guys, if we if, if our spouse says something that bothers us, you know, we might think, Well, you're mad. <laughs> we just throw everything in that category. Right. But if we were to 
be able to pin it down like, oh, you're stressed or you're overwhelmed or you're hurt. I mean, there's a multitude of things that it could be that we could just throw in that bag. So when we started expanding our emotional uh, understandings, you know, then, uh, then we might be able to, to address that. You know, it's like, well, you sure look like you're stressed about this. Well, and I can tell you for a lot of women, I guess I can't go so far as to say most, but I will say a lot. And this is just from clinical experience. So many women feel totally alone in the relationship. They feel like everything depends on them. And if they're not in the best mood or if they're not, you know, whatever, they feel the pressure of having to prop the man up all the time. And like, I mean, if I, yeah, if I get a little frustrated, like he just like shuts down or, you know, or he'll, you know, he pouts or, and we're, you know, as men, we're prone to that. We get a little, <laughs> you know, we get butt hurt and we pout a little bit. So a lot of times, you know, for him, for, for many of us, we need to consider how alone does she feel in this relationship? How much does she feel like she has to dictate the terms of the relationship? And a lot of times that rules, that resentment on her part will come out in controllingness unintentionally, but she's yeah. just so fucking frustrated because it's like, she doesn't feel like we're in the relationship with her. And if we engage in that, it'll solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Well, I don't know how many of these questions we'll be able to get through. <laughs> All right, I'll try to talk less. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're lying to our <laughs> listeners. Uh, well, then we'll get to a good one here. Um, and you talked about this before in a podcast, this idea of resistance. Um, so when you're trying something new, especially in a relationship, but even if it's just your own life, there's things that push back either externally or internally. I don't know why I'm explaining this to you, <laughs> but, uh, so what, what our, uh, listener had asked is, are some of these things, um, legitimate? Like if they say, well, I, I can't go do what I said I was going to do cause I'm tired or it's late or something more important came up. It's like, I, I want to say that's, that's what resistance is. Those aren't legitimate things that'll, that allow you to not do what you committed to do. Um, so are there things that are legitimate or how do we rate that? And then how do we get past that? Well, I think the thing, again, if we're, if we're conscious of the turning towards, right? So if I've made a commitment, I made a commitment. Mm -hmm. and, and turning towards is keeping that commitment. But I don't know, and maybe I'm dog-ass tired or I'm just in a bad mood or whatever it is. But I can do that in a way where I'm, I'm not turning away from you, right? So if I'm now, it's like I'm tired and I'm like, I don't want to do it. And it's like, I'm tired, okay? So just, I'm not doing it. That's turning away from, <laughs> right? But if I'm saying like, I'm butt-ass beat, man. And I'm, if there's any way that I could do this, whatever, you know, some period of time. But this is where as men, we have to do a little work, right? Because we may be prone to saying, oh, I'm tired. I, can I do it tomorrow? Yeah, it's like fucking time. tomorrow never gets it, right? I mean, yeah. tomorrow's always a day away, as they say. And uh, it's like, we have to be more responsible in that. It's like, and, and some disclosure would be good. Like I had a really rough day today. I'm in a bad mood. I'm really tired. I 
not that I would say this literally, but what I'm implicitly saying is I don't want to turn away from you, but I also want to be honest about where I'm at. Is it a way that I could, like tomorrow afternoon, I can get this done, but then you got to fucking do it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You, and you can't use her as a scapegoat. Like, oh my God, I was tired. And like, yeah. you're such a bitch that you don't even understand that I was tired. It's like, well, you made a commitment to her and she probably is a little frustrated that you're now not following through with that. And that seems reasonable. Yeah. But then you've, you've got to be able to, and if I have a history of honoring my commitments, turning towards, right? Then she's going to turn towards me. Yeah, I get that. You're tired, yeah, man. Yeah. Let's go to bed, whatever. Yeah. And it's, you know, so we have to we have to be very cognizant of all of those dynamics. And what about the, because uh, I think this was part of his question too, the, the internal resistance where I'm just telling myself, uh, you know, like the, the commitment that he brought up was something that he was going to do every morning at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And when 445 rolls around, he's thinking, oh, that was a stupid idea. You know, and it's like, okay, that's obviously resistance. But if he says, I'm too tired to do it, it's going to make me tired later in today. I want to say that's resistance too. Sure. And we got to, we have to get around it. Otherwise, we set the pathway that says, I can do that again tomorrow. I can blow it off tomorrow too. Right. So, and and that, that is, and anytime we, I mean, this is why nobody changes, right? Because <laughs> it's like our, our brain is so good at coming up with reasons as to why we shouldn't. And, and to his point, right. If, if the brain, if I've survived a certain way, the brain wants me to stay in that, right. That homeostasis that's kept me alive so far. And so then the brain may like, well, the motherfucker's going to try to get up at four forty-five again. So <laughs> today gonna we're going to make him really fucking tired and he's going to trip on his way to the bathroom and stub his toe and cuss loud. And then his wife's going to be upset and he'll never try this again, like whatever that is. But it's like, yes, that is resistance. And there's no shortcut, man. It's just, you can't buy your own bullshit and you, you have to act. You have to act. Um, David Goggins, he's, uh, if you, are you familiar with him, he's called the hardest man on earth and he fucking is man. <laughs> but he, he talks about this process and he talks about callousing his mind. If you haven't heard him, he's on uh, Rogan's podcast a long time ago. Um, but I would, I would strongly recommend that because he does a, he does a great job. This is how insane this guy is. He talks about running an ultra marathon. He wants to qualify for an ultra marathon. I think at the time he weighed like 280 pounds or something. And he's, he's a Navy SEAL. He's a fucking badass. And so he runs this ultra marathon. And when he gets done, he qualifies, but he's broken most of the bones in his feet. And his then wife, shockingly, he's divorced, comes and like pulls the car up and gets him to the car, takes him home, puts him in the bathtub. Well, her, her father is a physician and um, she calls him and describes some of the symptoms that he's having. And she comes back into him and says, you're dying. Like you're, we've got to get you to the hospital. 
And he says, I know, but I earned this pain (laughs) and I'm going to feel it a little longer. And it's like, (laughs) we don't need to go that hardcore, uh, but we do have to get a little bit more familiar with psychological, emotional, and physical discomfort. Mm -hmm. So uh, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> That's right. My alarm goes off. I ain't happy either. Yeah, yeah. 4.45 is when mine goes off, and I'm most mornings like, fuck that, man. And it's just like you, that second that that thought kicks in, man, you have to act. Yes, yes. You have to act. Um, okay, well, <laughs> Let's try this last one. All right, last one. Okay, it has to do with the free will. So we've, we've oh, talked about, I know, Jesus. we've talked about that a lot. We talk about free will in two minutes, so that's easy. I, I know. But can you just give us some kind of hope there? <laughs> Cause that the guy, you have free will? Well, something about that. You know, we've all, or at least the guys I've talked to, have landed on the idea is like, okay, I finally have to admit I, I have none. And so it's like, you, you can't leave them there. I mean, redeem that in some way. Well, it's, it's, it's obviously not an easy construct, right? I mean, it's, it's, and we don't like to think that we don't have freedom. It's like, well, fuck yeah, I do stupid motherfucker. I could do. It's like, okay, well you don't because you, the example that I've always used, right? Which is overly simplistic, but it's like, you don't decide if you like food or not. You put it in your mouth, your mouth reacts, and then you decide, ooh, I like that, or I don't like that. You don't sit down to broccoli and look at broccoli and say, I don't fucking care, I'm liking broccoli. It's we're, we're a reaction, not an action. And that's what we have to come to grips with, is, again, I didn't choose to exist, I, that that's the big one right there to kind of solidify mostly that we don't have free will because none of us asked to show up and it's just like here you are deal with it didn't pick your parents you didn't pick your genetic predispositions you you know your kindergarten teacher that hated her life and that was the only job that she could get, and she was going to take it out on little kids the rest of her life. You had no control over that. So there's just this infinite number of variables that you didn't have control of. Once you can grasp that, then there is some freedom mm-hmm. of, okay, I'm holding too tightly to this identity that I've created in however many years of life. Like I'm, I, okay, do I then have some freedom? It's hard to say, right? Because I'm bound by so many things. I can't be Superman because I can't fly. There, it's just so it's 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 just a touchy. It's you don't have free will. You just you <laughs> don't have it. There are parameters that in which you have to function in, but you can start to be active in the process of that rather than just reacting. When somebody says Jeff Stuckey, I, you know, involuntarily raise my hand because my name's Jeff Stuckey. And that's the other thing that I think, and this will be my last word, is if I said, if I introduced myself next week on the podcast and said, from this day forward, I'm going to go by 
Thomas, you know, whatever, the rational part of the brain says, yeah, Jeff's 51 years old. He's a grown-ass man. If he wants to be called Thomas rather than Jeff, which was an arbitrary name that his parents slapped on him, probably because they didn't even really want him and had to come up with a name, Like, we could talk about that rationally, but then if I was serious about it, like, Greg, I want you to start calling me Thomas, you and everybody else is going to start wondering, like, you okay? Yeah. Like, it's, like, I don't think Jeff's okay. Like, I I sure as fuck wouldn't refer anybody else to to that guy because he's, like, changed his name. Like, what? So we're, we're forced in these patterns that we feel like we have to maintain and then, as we've talked about, the survival brain wants to pull me back to those patterns to keep me alive. And it's like, okay, where isn't free will in all of that? I don't know exactly, but I do know that there are a lot of obstacles to any free will that you think you may have. And the first thing that we have to do is deal with those obstacles. All right. Well, you did that in a short amount of time. Did I? I had a lot <laughs> fucking more to say about that. But I, I know. Uh, well, if you've got time, we have one related to the first question um, about the idea of just the to-do list <laughs> from a spouse. And, and when, I, when I'm talking about these marriage situations, let's make it clear we're not blaming the wife in this situation because the person that we can help change is the husband. <laughs> Ain't no victims here, right? Yeah. So... You yeah. chose it, bro. <laughs> She's all yours. <laughs> so we want to we want to honor the wife and see what we can do to make this marriage better, you know, um, or whatever relationship it is. Um, but uh, the idea of a husband, like the setting is, we want to please our wife. We want them to to enjoy life. We, like you said, we can't pin our uh, happiness, if you will, on that. But we want that. But we don't want it to be a thing where we're a minion that's just doing a to-do list that she would say, hey, here's the things I need you to get done this weekend. Um, of course, according to the question that I received, it wasn't that nice of a way it was presented. Right. <laughs> but, um, I mean, but how do you deal with that? How do you honor your wife and, and try to do the best for her without just looking like a minion that's just doing what they're told? Well, and I think it's I, I, really where it is is staying committed to turning towards her. Right. I'm a grown ass man. She's a grown ass woman. She has the right to ask me these things, but I can engage in the conversation with her in a constructive way. And that's where I have to be real careful about because as men, and a lot of times we do it for the right reasons, but we end up getting the wrong results. For what you said, it's like, I want to make her happy. I want her to feel good about that, but I'm not monitoring myself well enough to where now I take the to-do list, I call my buddy and I tell him I can't do whatever we were going to do now, and then I end up resenting her. And that's, you, you can't do that. You have to sit down and have a conversation that's like, I'm happy to do these things for you. I can get this and this done this weekend, and I'll get these done whatever time. She has the fucking right to be frustrated or disappointed. Like it's, Like, but the more that you turn towards her, she will start to turn towards you. And if she has felt alone in the relationship, like I'm the one carrying the relational weight here, 
then that's probably the emotional space that she's most likely functioning in because she doesn't wake up every morning thinking, I just want to be a bitch to my husband today. It may feel like that, but a lot of that may feel, may come from that relational loneliness. He's not present in this relationship with me. And I want him to be, I want him to be in this relationship with me. And then part of that is then maybe trying to control you is like, here's what you're doing so that I feel like you care about me. Right. And then you respond in one of two ways. Yes, dear. I'll try. I'll do it. Right. Not sexy. Or I ain't fucking doing that. And then we're just turning away from each other. So I, th- I think a lot of these issues, if, if guys can start to conceptualize this notion of turning towards, and you're going to have to do some work, right, on making that real, something that you can act on in your relationship, it will solve a lot of problems in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and you brought up a great point that that would be a win for your wife, even if you didn't get the things done, if you turn towards her in that moment, then she feels like you're in the relationship with her. Right. That's exactly right. And I would, I would tell you that's what she wants. She really wants, she wants to feel like she, you are in it with her participating in keeping the emotional and psychological state of the relationship healthy, creating that with her. That's what she wants most of all. So even doing the to-do list is a cop out. Totally. It's a total cop out. And she feels that because it's like, well, yeah, you did it, but you didn't do it soon enough. And that's not, it's really not her intent. I, she's, she's also wanting to be good back to you, right? You can't make her the sum total of all your problems. It's not like she's just consciously like, I'm going to wake up frustrated today. I mean, there are women like that, but they're guys that are just fucking, they're, they're guys that are just way too passive. It's like, no, I'm, I'll have this conversation with you, but I'm not on your terms, on our terms. And when we start to do that, then on the in the subconscious of the relationship, mutual respect starts to emerge, and that's when the relationship can really start to be meaningful. Okay. Well, that's that's great. And I, I do have to say at this point, if anybody wants to jump into any of those things deeper, they can go to our Facebook page, Becoming Man Made Today, yep. or they go to our website, Becoming Man Made, and uh, contact us. Um, and like we've mentioned before, we have the course, the man-made course that takes a guy through all of these things uh, and we walk alongside him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're more than glad to help at, at any level. Love to do it. Yeah. So, so happy 4th of July, America. Let's go do <laughs> some redneck shit and blow some stuff up. And uh, if we live through the holiday, we'll see you back here next time.